Welcome to In 10, brought to you by the DART Centre for Journalism and Trauma, Asia Pacific. In 10 is a podcast for journalists, journalism educators and researchers and health professionals dedicated to improving media coverage of trauma, conflict and tragedy. We're excited to bring you the first series of the podcast, hosted by Lisa Miller. Lisa is co-host of the ABC's News Breakfast program and was a foreign correspondent for the ABC in Washington, D.C. for three years, covering major stories in Asia, London and America, including the 2005 Bali bombing and the controversial hanging of an Australian drug runner in Singapore. In this first series of In 10, Lisa chats with fellow journalists about their experiences covering trauma and conflict. Phil Williams, welcome to In 10. Pleasure to be with you. Give us an idea of how you've spent most of your career, and I know that it's been a very long one, so you're going to have to give us the abbreviated version. Okay, very briefly, most of my life as a reporter, a few stints as a producer, I've worked domestically in Australia doing politics, doing rural, uh, but mostly I've done overseas news for, the, for about three decades. That's been my real passion. That's where I've, I think uh, I've been done my best work. When did you first start thinking that the kind of reporting you were doing might have been having an impact on you? Look, I think probably when I started reporting for a program called Countrywide, which is a rural program in the 1980s. And what you do is come across people who were suffering horribly from drought or bushfires or floods, all sorts of disasters that, that uh, befall people on the land. And you realise that uh, you're an intruder at the worst time of their, possibly of their lives and handling that sensitively in a way that allowed them to tell their stories but also allowed them to maintain their dignity. Uh, and it was something that I recognised I really had to, to learn and sharpen up because if, to be a good reporter, to be a really good reporter, I think you have to understand and empathise with people. You've got to feel what they feel to a degree. Is there one particular story that sticks with you? Yes, almost certainly um, Beslan, uh, which was the, the murder of 300 people, half of them children, uh, in Russia uh, in about 2004. That uh, affected me badly because I was there when it happened and uh, these children were being massacred almost in front of me, uh, certainly within earshot. There were fierce battles and at the end of it all, uh, when the terrorists had finally been beaten, 300 people were dead. That affected me terribly. I had PTSD for a couple of years after that. Many other journalists also were, were very badly affected by that uh, because I think just the horrible violence of it and the fact it was children and, uh, you know, especially as a father, you're supposed to be able to protect children and there was simply nothing any of us could do. Full disclosure, Phil, you and I are great mates and I know how much that affected you. We've also worked together and I know that you also try to care for people who you work with. What do you think you've learned over the years that maybe you wished you'd known a couple of decades ago? Well, I wish I'd had those sort of tools that, that DART gives you early on where you start to understand simple things like brain physiology, you know, how you react uh, in, in a crisis, what your body does, uh, the bad signs to look at that you need to be aware of, the signs of uh, becoming distant from other people or, or relying too much on alcohol or drugs. These sorts of things I wish I'd known. And I grew up with a generation before me 
of uh, basically self-medicators. These, these were mainly men in those days, uh, reporters who saw horrible things, uh, had no way of really exercising that, getting that out of the system other than through alcohol. And sadly, you know, many of them died way too young because of it. What are the practical tips that you would offer young reporters who, who will be listening to this podcast? Well, I think you, you've got to do two things fundamental. You, you, you've, you've got to care for the people that you're, you're telling their story. You've got to, you've got to treat it very gently, uh, but at the same time you have to get that story. Uh, and it's important to allow people the space to do it. So leave, it's okay. Silence in an interview is okay. Just letting people think, giving them time to reflect or be ex- incredibly sad or emotional. Uh, the, the, in a sense, placing a, a family member, for example, substituting that person you're interviewing for, for a sister or a mother and thinking, how would I approach them in this terrible time? Because it often is a terrible time. And, and approaching them gently but also being gentle with yourself because it's no good being a reporter if you're exposed to these horrible things and you fall apart. That, that's the end of your career potential or, or, or perhaps even worse. And, and so you've got to learn the techniques of self-care because you need to care for others as well. And, and those, those sorts of skills flow on to those that you're, you're interviewing, those that you're working with as well. Hands down, you are regarded as one of the best on-the-road reporters, especially as a foreign correspondent, because of the empathy that you bring to those stories. What do you think bosses and organisations can do to try and bring through the next generation of Phil Williams? Well, I don't know if that's a great aspiration, but uh, what, what, what I think you need to do is to, to normalise trauma, in a sense, make it okay. It's okay to feel bad, to feel desperate, to feel terribly sad. It's normal, actually. We're not bulletproof. There's no special magical cape that you put on when you you classify yourself as a journalist. We bleed, we feel that pain, and we need to look after ourselves and our colleagues and those we report on uh, equally carefully uh, because trauma is trauma. And trauma, here's another thing that I really want to emphasise, you know, when you've got someone like me who's been out in the world and uh, we're on the nightly news and, and people see our work on a regular basis, you, know, you, get lots of, you get lots of feedback, positive feedback. But you might be a, a, a reporter in a small town on a small newspaper but have to report something terribly traumatic, like, for example, a road accident uh, in a town where you might know the families or you might know the victims equally or perhaps even more traumatic but not recognised as such. So I think you've, you've, got to, you've got to sort of basically say and, and acknowledge trauma can come in so many different forms, in so many different ways, uh, but at, at its core it has to be recognised and has to be dealt with, and uh, that includes the people you're talking to and, and yourself because, as I say, if you are going to pieces, you're no use to the people that you're trying to care for and people you're trying, the stories you're trying to tell. Uh, and building that strength and building that resilience is so important. You've got a very close family and a wonderfully understanding wife. I do. Did you think about how much you relied on them as your 
support team and who was going to be best placed to be that kind of peer supporter, I guess, for you? Well, look, it's, it's something that evolves naturally, I think, amongst journalists. For example, you and I have been each other's peer supporters for decades now. Uh, you know, we, if you go through something traumatic, we see it. Uh, uh, you know, I'll be on the phone to you. You'll be on the phone to me equally. Uh, that's, a, that's a natural reaction and that's a very positive reaction. And a lot of trouble can be headed off with those simple conversations. Uh, but definitely family, friends are, are, are very, very important. It's, it's, it's good in a sense to try and educate them a little bit about, say, for example, the signs of PTSD so that they can recognise and intervene. Because for me, I didn't know I had PTSD. I just knew I was grumpy. I knew I was withdrawn. I knew I didn't want to function in society really much more than just going to work and coming home and, and not seeing my friends, not being engaged in music as I always had been. Uh, so it's really trying to, to get that message across to those around you and also to look after your, 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 uh, your family as well. Because when you're suffering, they're suffering. And it, uh, it, it's, really, it's really important that they feel that you're, you're trying to support them as much as they're trying to support you. Given all of that, why do you think it's important to have an organisation like the Dart Centre for Journalism and Trauma? Oh, look, it's, it's an outstanding organisation that has put a flaw on the whole science. It's, put, uh, it's given intellectual rigour uh, to, to what we do in terms of trying to... Uh, alleviate trauma, avoid trauma. It's really uh, one of the most life-changing moments for me uh, when I went there as a fellow in 2005 to learn about the techniques and learn about uh, what was actually happening right in front of our eyes. And all the people that have been involved in that will all connect in different ways, but its fundamental core, it just helps all journalists, whether they're in Australia or America or in the Philippines or India, wherever they are in the world, help them in a very practical way to get through some of the worst times of their lives and some of the worst times of the people they're reporting on's lives as well. Phil Williams, thanks for joining Intent. My pleasure. 